Eliezer brings Rivka to Yitzchak, tells him all about the amazing things that happened along the way. The Pasuk then says, Yitzchak brings Rivka into the tent of Sarah, his mother, and he takes Rivka and he marries her. She becomes his wife. On the words, Rashi says that as he brought her into the tent, she was identical to Sarah. That is, that as long as Sarah was alive, there was a candle burning from one area of Shabbos to the next. There was also a special bracha found in the dough. There was also a cloud constantly over the tent. When Sarah passed away, these three miracles stopped. When Rivka comes, they returned. Mepharshim explain that where is Rashi getting this from? It's from the hay in the word ha'oyhela, which means the tent. And that seems to finish the statement. He brought her to the tent. So what's the next words? Sarah Imoy. And therefore they explain, because now Rashi is telling us that he was also, not only did he bring her to the tent, but also that she is similar to Sarah. But the question then is, if that's the case, then seemingly Rashi only needed to quote the words Ha'oyelo and Sarah. There's no need for the word Imoy. Also says the Rebbe, what is forcing Rashi to say that there were any miracles at all? If you want to say she was like Sarah, it could just mean simply she acted like Sarah. Even if we want to say there were miracles, who said there was these miracles? Why specifically three miracles? Where is Rashi getting this all from? Now we might say that in fact there is no necessity from Pshuti Shomikra to say this. Rashi is bringing what the Medrish says in order to clarify what our Pasuk means. And as Rashi says at the end, this is from Bereshis Rabbah. But if that's the case, then there are more things that the Bereshis Rabbah says. The Bereshis Rabbah gives another example as well, how she was similar, Rivka was similar to Sarah, the fact that the doors of her tent were always open. If Rashi is just trying to quote the Medrish, Rashi is actually saying a reverse order than the Medrish. Rashi says first the candle, then the dough, and then about the cloud, and the Medrish is the opposite order. And generally it's difficult to say that Rashi is only trying to bring a drosha of Chazal. Usually when Rashi brings something, it's based on, and it's forced, so to speak, it's needed from the words of Pshutish Mikra itself. Says the Rebbe, the difficulty that Rashi actually had in this Pasuk, which is forcing him to tell us about these three miracles, are actually all three words, seemingly all of them seem to be extra and unnecessary. The Torah is telling us that even before they came into this tent, as we said before, Eliezer told Yitzchak already everything that happened. Then it says that he, that he took her into the tent, and finally it says that he married her. The question then is, what was added by the points that he took her in? From this Rashi derives that there was something else that caused Yitzchak now to take her as a wife, besides what Eliezer said. In other words, it was only based on what happened over here when she came into the tent, this is what finally made him decide to marry her. And there, and the, even though, even though he heard already about so many amazing things about her and miracles, etc. So we must say that something additional happened and something even extra great miracles happened that proved of how similar she is to Sarah and how great of a tzaddikah she is. Says Rashi, this is what these three words are telling us, ha'oyala, Sarah imoy. How is that? When we look at the word ha'oyala, that hey at the beginning of the word is telling us there's something unique about this tent. What could be unique about this tent? So we have another place earlier that Rashi told us in the story of the Akedah. When it says, Avram Avinu saw Hamakoi Meirachik, he saw the place, the Haramiriah. What was unique about that? It was a cloud over the mountain. So over here when we come to Ha'oyala, the tent, what's unique about it? Rashi is telling us what, you, what was unique about it was, is that there was a cloud over the tent. 
Then when the Pasuk says sorrow, again, all these three words were unnecessary seemingly. What's something specifically connected to sorrow that we found earlier in Chumash? In the story when the Malachim come to Avram, the three Malachim, Avram himself is very busy preparing all the food for them with one exception. He says to Sarah, Mahari, go ahead, you go ahead and knead and make the breads, the matzah for these guests. So we see that Sarah specifically is the one that's involved in making the dough. So Rashi tells us this is the second point. We have the bracha that's in the dough. And finally, when it says Imoy, the mother, what's unique about a mother? Even a Ben Chamish, a little child knows that the one thing that's special in the mitzvah that's connected to his mother is the fact that she goes ahead and lights Shabbos candles. Now, even though that's not necessarily only the mother, other women and little girls will also light Shabbos candles, as we will soon discuss, but not necessarily does the child that's learning Chumash, not necessarily is there always a sister, or maybe she's very, very tiny and not lighting yet. So Imoy represents this idea, what's unique about the mother? Lighting Shabbos candles. Says the Rebbe. The only thing now is that order in Rashi now becomes even more difficult, because the order that we just said, Ha'oyalo would be referring to the cloud, then Sarah would be referring to the dough, Imoy would be referring to the Shabbos candle, so why is Rashi reversing the order, not only of the way the Medrash says it, but also the way it's in the Pasuk? Says the Rebbe, the explanation is, as we tra- we said before, this, uh, this is all bringing out how similar Rivka is to Sarah, and that's why Yitzchak is going to, uh, going to go ahead and marry her. So what's most relevant and important, first and foremost, is, how she's acting in her own way of, of tzidkos, of being righteous, like Sarah. And therefore, Rashi wants to bring the first thing, a mitzvah that she does. This is going to bring out her righteousness, and that's lighting Shabbos candles. The next thing is about the dough, which is also something that she's doing. She's kneading the dough, making the dough, and there's a special bracha in it, so it's still also her actions. And only finally does Rashi bring about the cloud, which this is really a miracle outside of the realm of anything that she's doing. There's a, a, a cloud on top of her tent, and therefore Rashi goes in this order to emphasize, again, specifically in how she's similar to Sarah in her tzidkos, in her righteousness, and that's why we speak about a mitzvah first, and then other actions, and finally about the cloud. The Rebbe points out a number of amazing things that we have from this Rashi. If we say that Yitzchak is marrying her as a result of seeing these things in her, that means she's lighting candles before he marries her. So that's number one that we see, that Rivka is lighting candles before she gets married. Furthermore, according to Rashi, how old is Rivka at the time? She's three years old. There isn't even an obligation, she's not bas mitzvah yet. And nevertheless, she's already lighting Shabbos candles. Furthermore, this was a very, very crucial and important thing for Yitzchak to be able to finally decide to get go ahead and marry her. The Rebbe points out another idea. It's not like the tent would have not had candles without her. Because we know that Avram fulfilled all of Torah before it was given. So when Sarah passed away, Avram would be lighting Shabbos candles, or Yitzchak would be lighting Shabbos candles. And nevertheless, Rivka does not suffice with that. She goes ahead and lights Shabbos candles herself. And the Rebbe says the Hayrah is very, very clear that also little children, little girls, three, year, three years old, if they can understand already what lighting Shabbos candles are all about, we need to educate them to go ahead and light, even if the mother is lighting and so on. Another thing, says the Rebbe, another fascinating thing. The candles of Avram and Yitzchak didn't burn from one week to the next, from one Erev Shabbos to the next. It's specifically the candles of Sarah and then Rivka that burnt in that way. Here we see the amazing power of even a little girl lighting Shabbos candles, that she is the one that has the power to illuminate the house for the whole week. Now this is true regarding all girls, even the, of later generations, the Benoist Sarah and Rivka. 
By Sarah and Rivka was Begashmis, we saw the physical light. But Bepnimius, on the spiritual level, this is true every, with every single girl lighting Shabbos candles, that she really illuminates and impacts the, week, the house for the whole com- the coming week. Another thing, says the Rebbe, a, fa- a beautiful thing was specifically about little girls. We know about the concept of learning Torah. We make a big deal of the learning Torah of a little child, Hevel Shein Boichet, a child that has no sin yet. So in a similar way, says the Rebbe, a little girl lighting Shabbos candles has this advantage of it's the hand that's lighting it is of someone that doesn't have any sin. Now, says the Rebbe, why in fact is it that it's the candles of Sarah and Rivka, and so too, as we said, also the future generations that have the power to illuminate the house for the whole week as opposed to Avram and Yitzchak and the men, says the Rebbe, we can understand this based on the difference between men and women. Chazal tells us that the man's job is more outside the house. He's the one that brings the produce and other things into the house. But it's going to be the woman that takes those things and transforms it into food. The woman, she's called Kavudah Basmelech Panima, the princess, that the glory and honor of her is to remain indoors. She works in the house. She takes from the things in the, that are brought into the house and she transforms them. First of all, for human consumption, but even more so transforms them into, into things for Hashem, for godliness. In other words, it's specifically because the avoid of people such as Sarah and Rivka that are involved to illuminate the house, to transform the house, they have the ability to bring that godly light into the house for the whole week. Says the Rebbe, now we can understand another reason for the order of Rashi in these three things. Because really these three miracles are connected to the special mitzvahs that girls have, that women have. The three mitzvahs of Chala, Nida, and lighting Shabbos candles. And by lighting Shabbos candles, obviously that's associated with bringing the light, burning from one end of Shabbos to the next. Chala, the mitzvah of Chala brings the bracha and the dough, and being careful in the Torah brings the cloud of the Shechina. If that's the case, says the Rebbe, we now understand the order. That first of all, you have the little girl who's already lighting Shabbos candles at the age of three, so that's number one in Rashi. Then she starts getting involved in helping another household work, including making the dough. And finally, when she'll get married, she'll also have the mitzvah of Tara Samishpacha. And the Rebbe concludes, obviously, that from all of this we understand the tremendous chus to be involved and try to get every little girl from the youngest age, as soon as she shayach to chinuch, to get the light the candles of Erev Shabbos, Kodesh, and Erev Yom Tif, and through this will be zoichet to the Neiris Tzion that Hashem will show very speedily b'gu'ulo ha'amit is